most connected man in Washington, WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Cain. 1106 AM every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We are America. One voice, united And to all of the naysayers, and to all of those that would like to destroy the future of the greatest country in the world, our message to them is the same as my grandfather's. Them that's going, get on the wagon. Them that ain't, get out of the way. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us because we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to give you the facts because we want you to be better informed to help make this a better America. Breaking news, breaking news every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. Hey, Herman, how you doing? Good. So the Republicans in the House stopped fighting long enough to pass a budget blueprint. Yeah, and it's the easy part, obviously. It's just the blueprint. But I think after all the time that we've engaged in uh, discussion of the troubles of the uh, GOP, we have to talk a, min- a couple of minutes about their victories. And last night in the House of Representatives, with uh, that, there were still 17 Republicans who voted against this plan, but they were able to push through a budget outline that would reduce, I don't want to say cut spending, it would reduce spending over the next uh, 10 years by over $5 trillion, so basically $500 billion a year, and uh, get a balanced budget by the year 2024, and also plus up uh, raised defense spending along the way, not by raising the, the cash as we explained yesterday, by putting the money into an extra fund to sort of go around the caps, the limits on how much you could spend on defense. For a lot of Republicans, you know, I, I think that uh, the, the, the more conservative wing of the party that has felt like they've been elbowed out, they felt like they had an opportunity to join in the debate. They didn't win. Their budget did not win. Right. Uh, in fact, it didn't even get a majority. The Republican Study Committee budget did not. But, uh, you know, I just wonder if maybe it's finally sinking in with some of these new lawmakers that, you know what, they got to keep the train rolling because if the train is not on the tracks, you're not going to get anything done. Right. This uh, now sets the stage for the Senate will try to approve a very similar plan either late tonight or very early tomorrow morning. And then after Easter, they'll try to put them together. If they put them together, remember, this is a non-binding budget resolution, an outline, a framework, uh, a broad blueprint of what they want to do. Then they spend the rest of the year filling in the details with the individual spending bills, the appropriation bills. And also, if they get this done, they would be allowed then to, to approve a budget reconciliation bill, which does cannot be filibustered in the Senate. And they could use that for trying to repeal the Obama health law, tax reform, Medicare and other entitlement changes. I sort of wonder if there's going to be a little pressure from Republican uh, by Republican leaders to say, you know what, let's put this tax reform and the Medicare reforms and entitlement reforms in one package, dare the president to uh, veto that. Uh, you might be able to find a deal because right now on the floor of the House we're actually getting a deal on something uh, that's revolving along those lines. So big win for Speaker Boehner and for Republicans. Yes, I understand. It's only a blueprint. That's why I've always said this story is sort of a fake one over the years, but it's still an important victory for the Speaker. Explain the Senate 
piece again. I know that they're working on their own blueprint, yep. and if they are able to pass, they can pass that blueprint. With then we'll a have simple, a little House Senate negotiations. Right, yeah. but they can pass that blueprint with a simple majority. Yes. Yeah. Okay. This, this you cannot. This is a non-binding document that does not have to be approved by the president. So I see. In fact, I I think, yeah, I, I, I'm, this is coming to me. I think in 1993. Was it on a budget resolution? Regardless, Bill Clinton, one of his first big votes, uh, they brought Al Gore down here to break a 50-50 tie. I think it might have been on the budget resolution. So, yeah, you can even approve it on a 51-50 vote if you had to. Now, so if they do that and you've got these two blueprints, then it can go to reconciliation between the two. Well, you gotta you got to first uh, finalize the plan, and then after that, that would provide for the route to budget reconciliation. But the only thing I would warn people about reconciliation, using that to repeal the health law, is remember there were actually two bills that were passed by the Congress that enacted the health law. The reconciliation part contained the tax changes, didn't contain all of the uh, the regular uh, uh, provisions and details of the bill. So I'm still not entirely certain that you can repeal everything using budget reconciliation, but we'll see what happens going forward. Very good. Understand that over in the House, Nancy Pelosi and John Boehner agreed on a dark fix, but Harry Reid doesn't like it? Yeah, uh, this, well, I think what it is more than anything else, you know, people find this hard to believe, but not only do you have the battles between the two parties, but you also have the battles between the House and the Senate. And I think that this is part of that, really, that uh, the, the Republicans, I mean, the Democrats on the Senate side are unhappy that they were cut out of these negotiations, and they feel like that they should have been part of them, and they've been left on the side. So that might be part of what's at work here. That it could be that this this is what's known as the doc fix. This stems from a 1997 balanced budget effort by Republicans. Part of it, it was a sort of an obscure provision, wanted to restrict the amount of money that would be paid to Medicare providers. Basically, the idea was to say to doctors, look, we're going to cut the amount of money you get, and so you're going to have to reduce your costs. Well, the doctors are a pretty well-heeled and pretty influential group. And when it came time for that first cut to happen, the Congress got all worried about it, and they delayed it. And they've kept delaying it. And 17 times we've delayed it since 1997. It's been budget kabuki theater. Everybody realized after the first few times, there's no way we're doing this, ever. But a number of efforts to try to wipe it off the books and do something different have failed. This time, it's different. They're actually coming through, and they're actually doing something that would uh, that would change things here and, and make this into, uh, make some changes. For example, the Democrats have accepted, and I'm stunned that they have accepted this, they have accepted means testing for more wealthy seniors when it comes to Medicare. It was one of the first things I remember back in 1980 when I first came up here. You know, the Republicans are always accused of being uh, the protectors of the rich. And the Republicans would consistently say, you know what, let's means test Social Security and Medicare. And the Democrats would have a fit and say, no way. Well, this, for the first time, would allow, it says, individuals, and remember, this is somebody who's hit retirement, they're getting Medicare, right. and they are making in income 134000 a year for an individual or 270000 for a couple. So we're talking about high-income seniors. They would have to pay a little more in future years under this plan for their prescription drug coverage, for their premiums for Medicare. So you're talking about Medicare Medical and Medicare Part D. And also, uh, there would be some changes on Medicap policies, which would not cover all annual out-of-pocket expenses. So they're basically saying to those who make more money, you're going to have to pay a little more for these services. As I said, the Democrats have always said absolutely not, but they allowed that to happen this time. I think because they realized in the House, they don't have any power anymore. They've got to cut deals. Yeah. And if they don't do it on this, they worry that later, if the Republicans left to their own devices, might come up with a plan that was much, much worse. Right. And so now 
does that income figure you gave the single figure of a hundred and what? Uh, uh, individuals, 134 grand a year. Couples, 268 grand a year. Now, does income include passive income as well as active income? Uh, this says uh, individuals earning at least $134,000 annually. So I would assume that it's it's any income like you declare on your uh, on your tax form. I would assume that it's the adjusted gross. Yep, it's the adjusted gross. It includes all of the different sources. Yeah. Okay. You know, so look, I can understand why people wouldn't want that. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, Year after year after year, there's been a lot of talk of how can you bring in a little more money without just having a direct tax increase. And means testing has been out there a long time. The Democrats have long resisted it. Now, the question is, what about the the cost of this? I put the cost in quotes only because, to me, nobody ever was going to allow the big cut of 21% now to doctors' payments for Medicare to go into effect. This plan would also reform the way doctors are paid under Medicare. So there's a number. You know, this is really the first entitlement reforms that we've seen in a long time. And it just shows that you can get something done here. You've got to have willing partners. So why is Harry Reid mad? He was cut out of the negotiations. That's what it boils down to more than anything else. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What about this IG report on drug agents? Yeah, I'm just, uh, I just hit it on Twitter. Uh, if you go to uh, twitter.com slash Jamie Dupree, you can find the link to my story that I just put up on my blog right. at jamiedupree.com. I'll read you the lead. A new report from internal investigators at the Justice Department found that officials at the Drug Enforcement Administration routinely ignored evidence of sexual misconduct by agents on foreign deployments, even though serious security questions were sometimes raised. Uh, what they found was some of these DEA agents who were in Colombia and other countries were at sex parties with prostitutes. Who hired the prostitutes? Well, the local drug cartels that the D agents uh, were supposed to be monitoring. Oh, gee. Yeah, and all kinds of stuff going on here. This all stemmed from a, a review that the Inspector General at the Justice Department wanted to do about sexual misconduct allegations involving people at the Marshals Service, the DEA, the FBI, and, and other Justice Department agencies. And one problem they had was the DEA and the FBI refused to give investigators information from their files because they said oh no it's privacy act you can't have any of this stuff and the ig said what are you talking about we, we can review anything inside this agency you yeah. can't say that so there was foot dragging by the dea and the fbi as well in here about uh, uh about the issue of trying to just find out about these things so check out my blog at jamiedupree.com this is one that just it again it makes you shake your head on a number of levels especially in the wake of all the problems that the secret service and more has had very good. Now, the administration has got to be embarrassed by this Sergeant Bergdahl finding in terms of the military group has said that he was a deserter. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they're embarrassed, but obviously let's think back to when it all happened, because right. certainly uh, he was lionized by the president and by the administration as, you know, when he came when he came back. And then some of the questions were raised about the five Taliban people who were traded for. What this certainly does by the court martial, the possible court martial of Bergdahl and the announcement of the charges yesterday, Herman, is it, it, it rekindles that political argument that's there. And, you know, think about this in the context of the elections. Uh, over the, the coming months, I think what you'll hear from Republicans more often than not is they'll, they'll characterize the, the Obama administration's foreign policy as feckless, Jimmy Carter-like, and more. And as we move on, I mean, 
you know, Hillary Clinton will be asked questions. Did you support this kind of swap? Would you have supported it? And just imagine if any of these people end up back on the battlefield or anything like that, that'll be brought up immediately. So I, I don't think it changes sort of the administration's view or anything, but it certainly brings this story back to life. And as long as the Bergdahl story is out there, it'll keep percolating the rest of this year. But it was reported that the administration was supposed to, according to a rule or a procedure or something, they were supposed to at least give notice to the uh, United States Congress, and they didn't. Oh, that, yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, but uh, the problem was with that uh, with that part of the law that said that the administration was supposed to give Congress 45 days notice, there's no punitive action that can be taken off of that. I mean, it doesn't say, like, you know, you can't do it or else you end up in jail or something like that. So, a, a, you know, it's a reminder the executive branch has an awful lot of authority. And when you look at the size of the budgets, the Congress and the judicial branch, it may be equal, supposedly. It ain't equal, Herman. Uh, we're beginning to see that. Different rules, different standards, depending on what they want to do. Well, thanks, Jamie. See you tomorrow, Herman. You're listening to the Herman Cain Show. Breaking news, experience, and insight. Herman Cain brings it to you every day, every day. on the radio and at HermanCain.com. 877-310-2100. Coming up, rapid fire. 